0: Welcome to Out of the Question, a podcast that looks behind some common questions and uncovers the question behind the question while providing real solutions for biblical world and life view. Your host is Andrea Schwartz, a teacher and mentor and founder of the Chalcedon Teacher Training Institute.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Out of the Question podcast. I have with me today Nathan Anderson a documentary filmmaker who has one full-length documentary under his belt on Earth as it is in heaven and has the first season completed of his docu series Teach All Nations. Both of these are readily accessible for interested persons and our discussion today will focus a bit on them but not in, in its entirety because what I want to focus on is the thrust of his work and how a novice and that's by his own admission, can make impressive inroads into the realm of film and media in general for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Thanks for chatting with me today, Nathan. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. There are countless people who embrace the idea of applying Christ's victory in their lives. Often, they think that the goal is to reach millions of people and create a positive result that way. Your story, Nathan, is interesting to me because you identified something you wanted to see communicated, and instead of praying that someone somewhere would do it, you decided to be that person. Share if you would how a guy from Chile, South America, which is where I'm talking to you from now, ended up becoming a movie maker.
0: So, um, I think this was back in about 2017. Um, I, I started getting into film and, and in doing some short videos around 2015, 2016. But around 2017, um, I had just finished up a, a, um, being part of a, a conference. And I remember, um, having the idea of m- trying to make a film about post millennialism. Was a topic of interest to me, and it was something actually in the context of, uh, South America and the Spanish speaking world. There wasn't a lot of materials or a lot of information. There was a few, uh, books that were translated from, uh, David Chilton, um, uh, Gary North and a few others, but for the most part, uh, materials on the subject weren't available. And so I knew a few pastors and uh, and folks who were of that persuasion and so I decided to go around and do some interviews with them and try to put something together um unfortunately I was still uh as you said a novice uh in in a lot of these uh issues and so I had a, a number of different problems um, with those particular interviews, not with the interviewees, but on the technical side, just with the, the video and the sound and a few other things. And so after doing about four or five interviews, um, I was going to have to, in Spanish, by the way, cause the, the whole idea for me was to have this available in Spanish. Um, I was going to go, have to go back and re record a lot of those, uh, when I had the opportunity in, um, I guess it'd be in 2019 um, 19, to travel to the States and, uh, and I did a number of interviews for the film there. Ultimately, when I came back to Chile and in, um, like September, October of 2019, we had, um, a good deal of political unrest, which made, uh, traveling to other cities, uh, very difficult at the time. And so, um, I decided to, um set to the side those interviews i had already done and just use the ones that i did while i was in the states which were in english and so uh the direction of my film changed a little bit from english to spanish and um and so i ended up releasing my film in english uh, okay let me stop Honor you for Faces a 2nd
1: so i'm sure my listeners like me know Rel- relatively little about South America. We know a lot about Asia. We know a lot about Europe. We know a lot about Africa, but South America is just this big landmass and we hear about it occasionally. On top of that, you don't speak with any sort of perceived accent. So were you born in Chile? Um, what's your love for Spanish speaking people that it inspired you originally? To go ahead and communicate the ideas of post millennialism.
0: Sure, yeah. So um, we move. I my, I was born in California. My parents were both originally from Northern California. Uh, we moved from the Bay Area down to Chile in 1988. My parents uh, went down there as missionaries. I was eight months old, so um, so I've spent most of my life living in Chile. Um, originally we we're living in the capital of Santiago. Then we moved to a coastal town here that where I live now, which is, uh, Pichilemu, it's called. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, so I grew up, uh, bilingual, speaking both English and Spanish. And, um, and that's kind of living here and, and being a part of all that is where my love for, uh, you know, making some of these things available, um, you know, to, to, to the Spanish speaking world, that was kind of my original goal with this particular project.
1: And now today you could take any film and you can subtitle it and you, you can do it. Um, how would you describe the state of the church, the faithful church in South America? And I realize there are lots of different countries in South America, but we tend to make it all South America.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, So, you know, you have, you have Brazil, for example, that's kind of its own world. They speak Portuguese and, and their culture is a little different. Then we have Latin America, which is, uh, you know, just most of the, the Spanish speaking countries, um, in, in, in South America. Um, I would say that for the most part, um, in the the Spanish-speaking world, uh, most of the evangelism, most of the churches have been, um, you know, charismatic Pentecostal uh, churches, especially here in Chile, that, um, you know, really spread the gospel. And did you know? Did the work of, of expanding uh, the gospel in South America in general? Most of the countries, Chile and others um, in South America, were historically Roman Catholic, and that has been uh, declining and waning in terms of, of of its position in society and its its authority in a lot of ways. Uh, whilst the the I, I would say the 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 evangelical churches have been uh, growing to a certain extent and becoming at least more prominent in society here. And so um, we we've been in that point of 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 transition even uh, in terms of the way that evangelicals are viewed by the wider culture. Um, obviously, if you think of the more traditional Catholic view of evangelicals, uh, in South America and in Chile historically it, they're they're viewed more along the same lines as uh you know Jehovah's Witnesses and just just more more as these sectarian groups that that I exist see. along the periphery kind of but more and more um evangelicals have you know been getting involved in culture and in in different aspects of society which has changed the perception i would say in a lot of ways um, and, and I think even more today, especially when you think, when we think of like the, the culture and political realm, um, I think evangelicals are more and more starting to be seen as a threat to, um, to the secularists and to the, the folks that want to shape culture in, in their likeness,
1: I guess. Now you're talking about South America. In America, We would have a differentiation between evangelicals as an orientation and the Reformed faith in terms of um, a real strong application of what came out of the Reformation. Is there Mm -hmm. anything like that in South America where differentiating those two groups? Well,
0: I would say the reformed, well, even in even in North America, the reformed faith overall is 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 pretty um minority in terms of if in terms of evangelicalism. And I would say that something is similar in 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 South America and and maybe even has a smaller representation. But at the same time, I think because of, you know, you know, um, YouTube and and blogs and podcasts and all kinds of different things. Uh, the Reformed uh, faith has been definitely growing t- to a large extent in South America and a lot of uh, folks um, down this way, especially young people, are are getting very interested in Reformed theology and in RC Sproul and in uh, and a lot of. I mean, RC Sproul's podcast or or teachings have been translated into Spanish. And, uh, and it's amazing how many uh, folks are listening to that and how many people I've talked to who, you know, know, know about his teachings and, and uh, things like that. And so it's, I, it's starting to, I think, bring um a, a transformation t- um to a large part of the evangelical Pentecostal culture in South America, I think um while at the same time i don't know if it's it, you know I, I i think it's it's having an influence over the existing evangelical world in a lot of ways more than expanding in and of itself i guess I but see. i i think that's a very positive thing of course um in a lot of ways uh, but and so that's where i think um that and, and along those lines there's a lot of openness to uh, new ideas, which aren't really new. They're actually pretty old, <laughs> right. most of them. And uh, and I think that's also an important part of what's happening in the evangelical church in South America.
1: Okay. So you were eight months old when you ended up in Chile, which means that it's your home country. I mean, as all you know, you might have, I, I don't know if you have dual citizenship or not, but the point being is that's the culture you grew up in. So you said your parents were missionaries. Were they Reformed, or were they more evangelical? And how did you come to even knowing about the Reformed faith?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So my parents were missionaries in um, uh, Youth with a Mission, which is uh, it's more of a charismatic uh, organization, and so I, you know, grew up. Uh, in, in that context. Though my my grandparents uh, my dad's side were Presbyterian. And so they they were my grandpa was an elder in a Presbyterian church in the in the Bay Area there. Oh. And so I had did have some um growing up um contact or or knowledge of 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 that um side of things. But I guess I'd probably say for myself Um, it's, um, you know, my interest in the reform faith probably, um, came around in the last, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years, something along those lines. Um, you know, through, I guess, yeah, reading a number of different, different people, um, listening to Van Til, um, yeah, there's a number of folks I could, could think of that, um, uh, yeah, just helped me to understand a lot of, of these things from a reform perspective
1: i see so judging from when you were born and when you started making films what was your occupation before that what were you doing that i imagine this is still somewhat of an avocation until it can pay all the bills
0: <laughs> yeah no that's a good question so um let's see here what was i doing <laughs> so we were um my my parents actually um, one of the things that they founded here in Chile, they came, as I said, they came to work with YWAM, but, um, they were both, uh, growing up very involved in swimming, um, in the Bay Area and in surfing and, and, and in sports in general. And one of the, um, ideas they had coming to this town to the, of, of Pichilemu was to build a community center. So, with a, a, a swimming pool and uh, a gym and a number of other facilities here, as kind of an outreach to the community, and so that's something that started, you know, around uh, 1993, I think 94. Yeah. So it's been going for a while, and and that's been kind of a, a lot of their main uh, ministry and work has been through there, and so. Um, you know, before getting more into film, I was, you know, working with them on, on different capacities I see. um, with within the in the sports center that they have here called Pura Vida.
1: I see. I see. And has that brought in surfers and athletes and such? And, and that sort of was the focus that it would be a place to draw people? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's been a, it's been it, it it's been a place that has drawn a lot of the community um and as i said this is a very small town um, um and it's actually a very you know somewhat con- you know conservative catholic town overall i mean this is the this region of the country is is where one of the uh, chileans who was a cardinal was born and so it's um who is pretty famous cardinal caro so it's um it's very traditional and so obviously coming and starting a uh, work in this town was difficult in a lot of ways and um just through sports and through you know my my mom has taught just hundreds of of kids how to swim in this town for example
1: uh-huh. uh huh
0: just things like that opened a lot of doors into the community as well to do ministry as well. so um so that has been. Kind of one of the main um, ways that that people have gotten really to know. Even my parents work in YWAMs. Like um, most of the time, when people um, want to come to the the center where that they have here, you know, they get into a taxi cab or something. They 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 say la piscina, the pool. You know, uh-huh. so even even the work that they're doing here is more known uh, because of the 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 sports center and the pool and the gym. Um, in that way. So it's been a great o- a door, um, to just, uh, be able to do ministry and to, um, connect with the local community here.
1: All right. So I always like to find out what people's parents did and how the people ended up being the kind of people they were. And it makes more sense to me now that a guy has an idea that I think I would like to communicate these ideas and let's go for it. It sounds like your parents had that kind of mindset. And I think it falls into the category of a willingness to fail. You even expressed that you thought this is what you were going to do with your Spanish interviews. And then, you know, God had different ideas in terms of political unrest. And then everybody remembers 2020 as the year that was unlike other years that he had experienced. So tell me something about um and and a way in which to encourage others who have an idea that I think this is important. I think this is something I want to do. The concepts of perseverance, willingness to fail and pivoting when you have to pivot.
0: Yeah. um, uh, One podcast or one um, um, I remember, uh, I think it was a session in a conference or something that I listened to back in 2015 or 2016, that really helped me out was another uh filmmaker Darren Doan, was giving a talk um about filmmaking specifically and and basically his whole approach in that talk was you know um y- y- the basically the way to become a fil- filmmaker is to understand that you are going to fail and you're going to fail often and you're probably you know y- y- you have to be willing to just go out and make stuff and very possibly just be totally wasting your time
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: in in a in a large way. And and that really clicked with me at the time because it was like, well, you know, I might not know how to do a number of th- things, but I could do that. <laughs> I could just go out and try to make something and you know, then try again and and until something um that I like uh, um comes out, I guess. Right. So, um so yeah, I mean, I I think uh, a lot of people have this idea when venturing out on on something like this that you have to have some kind of guarantee that it's gonna do well or that you know I don't know you're gonna get paid for it or something like that exactly. Um, and the the reality is that that's not really how how the world works, and um, and and that's not really how. Um, you are going to be able to accomplish things long term for the kingdom of God if the only steps you're willing to take are the very, very safe ones. And so, yes, I, um, I think my parents, for example, coming to Chile when you know it was still a, a military dictatorship under Pinochet, and um, and coming under very difficult. Um, conditions in terms of of healthcare and and all all kinds of other things here, and then being willing to start all over in a small town and and you know basically dig out a swimming pool by hand and all kinds of other love it. crazy great- <laughs> crazy experiences. Um, yeah, definitely having that role model, uh, um, helped me to uh, be willing to go go out and take certain steps of faith on something like this project.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast, I mean, I've been doing it now for six years, but they don't know that I had three other podcasts. Well, I don't even know we were calling them podcasts at the time. And, you know, I'd go back and listen, and oh, the sound is terrible, or I should have edited that out. But just keep going. In other words, then people would say to me, I really got a lot out of that. I was like, oh, good, somebody, you know, because you never know how you don't know how many people have watched your films, right? Um, and then I would watch other people that I respected, how they did interviews, and I would just watch them. And I didn't even necessarily cared about the, uh, the topic, but how they paused or how they asked a question or the ones I didn't like made it all about them as opposed to their guests. And so you mentioned, um, Darren Doan, anybody else been an influence in the filmmaking world that helped you say, I gotta get better at that. Or I think I'll try to imitate what he or she does.
0: Wow, that's a good question. I mean, um, I think what what um you know really I I really um tried to imitate from Darren Doan was his attitude towards the whole process itself. And, um, and, and just, uh, how, how you approach something that's, you know, cause in some ways it's, you know, making a film, especially a long film, it feels just, uh, it's a little overwhelming and in the middle of the process, you know, editing and all that, uh, sometimes you just want to throw in the towel and be like, well, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> cause right. you're kind of making stuff up along the way. Um, but. So, so that kind of attitude towards the process itself was very influential to me. Uh, in terms of of other influences, I don't know, just watching movies or even when I I try to watch other documentaries. Obviously, uh, just um, try to pick up little 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 tidbits, little details mm-hmm. in in the way that the, in the framing and the lighting and in different techniques that they're using, and and you know make some of those my own in in certain ways.
1: So one of the things I wanted to bring up um, as I've watched both of your films, I should say your first film I watched, and I watched all five segments of your docuseries, is that what obviously motivates someone like you who says, I have an idea and I'd like to do it, is calling. And so... At any point did you feel like you heard the Lord say to you whether you were in prayer or whether you were reading the scripture or just maybe even a commentary from someone else, God, you're calling me to do this?
0: Well, oh, that's a that's a very good question. Um I think with uh, um you know, when I started getting into some of these um uh, film and a few things back in 2015 and 16, I'd never really picked up a camera. Uh, I had never really done anything along those lines before. And I mean, there were some practical aspects that, you know, with the the sports center, a few other things we needed to document some of the things we were doing and actually get some kind of material out there. And so, uh, that was kind of the, the beginning of it, I guess, but then with the film, um, I I just felt of, in that particular case I don't know that I felt a calling like oh I'm gonna make you know films for the rest of my life or something like that but in that particular case there was something I really wanted to communicate and felt hadn't been communicated up to that point in the Spanish speaking world in terms of this uh, optimistic eschatology in terms of post millennialism and my m- I mean my my only desire at that point was to get that uh, idea out there and to make that available in, in Spanish, I guess. Nice. And, uh, and so at, at that point, I didn't really have a grand vision for, well, I'm going to make other films or anything along those lines, really. Um, and, and frankly, I didn't even have much of a vision for making this available um, far, um, you know, beyond just kind of the Spanish speaking world or, or even Chile, um, in a lot of ways. I, because the reason was because I knew, you know, folks like Darren Doan and others, um, who were also post-millennial and who've done a number of, of great projects in English that are available in English. I didn't really feel like, um, I was needed in that whole space I guess you know like the the folks from apologia or a, a number of different people doing great work along those lines in terms of 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 media and and different things um and so my biggest concern at the time was just the spanish speaking aspect but you know just for practical reasons really it, I ended up doing it in english and it ended up Going a lot, um, a lot farther than I expected. That's that's for sure.
1: Yeah. So having said that, I really do want people to find your movies and uh, your documentaries, and at the end, I'll give you plenty of opportunity to tell them where they can. But one of the things that I think um impressed me about your first one and then the docu series is that you're in it, but the focus is on the idea. So you you have to tell a story. All documentaries tell a story. And so you tell your story. And so you're the guy going around asking people questions and whatnot. And the whole thrust of post-millennialism, and I'd like you to get into this in a second, is long-term, hard work, but knowing the victory is assured. And so you brought up something I was going to ask you about, how easy it is to get discouraged. Nobody will want to listen to this. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. God, why didn't you get somebody who was better at this than me? Blah, 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 blah. How has the message of the films, which I believe is what you were called to do, it wasn't like, you know, Nathan, become a filmmaker. It was, you had this idea. It meant something to you. How did the whole post-millennial vision impact your life so that you wanted others to know what you came to know?
0: For me, just this idea that uh, maybe the world isn't going to end in the next five years, and maybe uh, there's a long-term vision for the kingdom of God on on the earth, uh, had a huge impact in the way that I began to see, well, my future and the work that's going on um it, it, you know uh, around us in terms of the work of the, of the kingdom and so that change in and in, in paradigm for me is is really what led me uh to want to communicate that um as best i can to others and and through the film and i've been very blessed i think um in you know even i think it was a few weeks ago i received another message from somebody through youtube that watched my film and and was um was really impacted by that very same conviction and so um i mean obviously there's people that that watch it or that have another view and they say well you know uh you know that's that's great we enjoyed the movie but that's not all that important and um uh, and you know eschatologies you know not shouldn't be a, a major thing for us but um ultimately i think that i've Talk to enough people that you know have had that same kind of experience and 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 have that same conviction uh, to really uh, you know just be thankful to the Lord for the impact that this project has had and in communicating specifically um, the the idea of post millennialism and 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 you're right there's uh, you know a lot of times people try to. And and I, I've even heard, you know, filmmakers and documentary filmmakers say, well, you're not supposed to, you know, kind of have an agenda in your movie. You're supposed to be kind of this neutral, you know, observer when you uh you know talk about a subject or something like that in films. And I don't think that makes much sense to me. Nor is
1: it possible. I mean nor it is it really good.
0: possible. It's <laughs> right. It's, it's kind is. of a a, a fake neutrality they try to portray but they lead people where they want to lead people ultimately oh
1: absolutely uh,
0: in the end but um i think it's um you know and the other thing you mentioned which is you know try i and you know putting making it personal and putting myself in there that actually is something that happened um kind well that you know i actually kind of edited most of the film in Spanish, and then I scrapped the whole thing and started over and so when i <laughs> when I started over it is where i I actually had watched you know another documentary that was uh, you know talking about uh, some aspect of theology, and I noticed in that that it was an interesting topic, but it lacked some kind of story to it you know, mm-hmm. and so that's where I said, "Well, what kind of story can I add to my my film and and I said, well, who can I use for that? I guess I could use myself.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> that's,
0: uh, that's who I had available at the time. So, um, uh, so. <laughs> and you probably that.
1: worked cheap. You didn't have to pay yourself that yeah. much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a great deal. Yeah. So. Absolutely.
1: So I have a question that I don't know. It always seems to be the case. And what I've observed in the film at the end, we get to see a glimpse of you, your wife and your children. And. A lot of times people want to know, are you, is your wife supportive of the work? But I think if it's true what I've experienced in talking to men, when they become dads, then life gets very, very important. And it's not just about them, and it's not just about now. And so just having a family, how did that contribute to, I need to get this message out?
0: Yeah, so, well, actually, at the end of oh, – so at least at the end of the – um uh of the first film, that's my sister-in-law and her husband. Oh, okay. and, but my, and my, but my son is, is in there. So, I see. Uh, so th- those were the, the, the actors uh, I had on hand as well. <laughs> they did okay, a great so job. So that wasn't
1: you, but you're a dad. No.
0: Yeah. But I'm a dad. And, um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's also where a lot of, you know, just talking to folks, I think this, that's where a lot of this hits home, you know, even um, you know, somebody who was um, you know, by God's grace, you know, influenced through this film, who I've had the chance to meet since then and 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 spend a little time with was um Dr. James White, who um, uh, you know, be, uh, w- moved on to be a part of Apologia, and they're all post-millennial. So he started thinking through a lot of these things. But when he became post-mill, one of the Things he mentioned in, in his first kind of sermon on postmillennialism at the end was watching my film and and where, you know, Doug Wilson talks about, um, you know, praying for his great great grandkids and just the importance of that multi generational vision that postmillennialism presents. And I think that, you know, that is a very practical place where you know uh, where people um, are are challenged by the post millennial position, and and you know what is your view of of future generations, and if if you really believe this is the terminal generation and everything is about to end, like what is your view on having kids? What is your view on like how are you uh, embracing or not embracing this multi generational a uh, vision that is so apparent and so clear in the scriptures and which is really uh, very uh, compatible with the post millennial vision
1: right now i can't remember which segment of the five of the docu series teach the nations or teach all nations but you're interviewing george grant who i have had mm-hmm. the pleasure of interviewing in the past and he relates the fact that some of the great cathedrals in, I think of this one that you were featuring was in France. Um, uh-huh. He said, how long do you think it took to build? And the answer was 420 years. All right. Mm-hmm. And he made the point that the people who were doing it, um, they would do their normal work, their farming, whatever, and they would come and they would do their part. And most of them, Knew they had to know <laughs> that they weren't going to see the results of their work. Nonetheless, their work was important, and I thought that's such a good picture of what postmillennialism means. It's not just some thing so we can argue with someone else. It's about proclaiming the victory. So those people had to see a completed cathedral over a span of longer than I'm just to give it a reference point. Much longer than I've been alive, much longer than the United States of America has been a country, right? And it just—I don't know—it's—it's inspiring to realize that God will get His works accomplished. Amen. In this docu series, how many more seasons do you anticipate?
0: Well, right now, I don't really anticipate doing any other seasons of of Teach All Nations. I think that's going to be a a, you know, just a thing by itself. Um, I would like to do some more films though. Um, so I'm working on a project right now. Haven't really released anything on it yet, but it's called honor the sun or it will be called honor the sun when I finish it, Uh hopefully. Um, and it is, it digs a little bit deeper into uh, the idea of of you know the 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 clash of of Christianity and politics, and the idea of Jesus being king and king uh, king of kings and Lord of lords over all the nations, basically.
1: So a Psalm s- two kind of film.
0: Exactly. That's 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 what I'm I'm aiming for. And so I've already done a lot of interviews for that. Hopefully, sometimes this in, in this coming year, I will be releasing it in some way. Um, so that's, that's what I'm working on right now. And I, and I have another, a few other, um, ideas, uh, you know, in the same general stream in mind, um, but I have to finish this one, <laughs> right. uh, to, to then be able to move on to to a few other ones. So I
1: remember a quote by David Chilton, who said he had so many books and so many ideas in his head. He didn't know that he would get them all done but he wrote down the ideas because he didn't want to forget those ideas. So I imagine the things that you want to work on you have uh written down somewhere so that yeah, it's like definitely. okay, I have nothing to do today. What should I put my attention on?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've been trying to, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a good way um, you know, through working on this film, but I'm I'm still just trying to, you know, get it done before I even promote it or do anything with it so no smart slow slowly but surely trying to 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 finish this but um
1: so an obvious question Mm -hmm. is things cost money plane rides cost money um equipment costs money feeding a family costs money um have you raised funding for this or are you doing it as you are able
0: um no I haven't raised any funding for this. I am hoping to finish it and then raise funding. Okay. <laughs> after the fact or something like that. I I don't really know at this point. I'm um still figuring that out. I was able to raise funding for for my other film for Teach All Nations and um and my first film I just went out and 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 made it, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: didn't raise funding for that. So I I uh and I don't know. I mean, I guess that's another thing I inherited from my parents, this idea of kind of, you know, build it and they will come, <laughs> go out and, and do stuff. I think there stuff. was a
1: movie about that once.
0: <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, so I just, um, have this idea of, of, of going out and trying to, to, to make things with, with what I have and, um, uh, and then, you know, trying to promote it and, and, um, and and see, hopefully things will work out. I don't know if it's the best model, but that's what I've been working on so far. I remember I had a, it's actually another filmmaker contacted me at some point. uh, We had a a Skype call and he was like, so how'd you fund all these things? I'm like, well, (laughs) uh, that's going to be a, there's a disappointing answer to that one, (laughs) but um, uh, no, but, but it's been a great process. And i I'm I've been able to, even in this last project, I mean, I, I did like seventeen interviews for this last, for the project I'm working on now. Um, though hopefully some of that material I'll be able to work on future projects as well. But right. it's been just, um, and this has all been in a very short span of time. I mean, I 2019 is when I did those inter- the interviews for my first film. 2020, I went out and did the interviews for Teach All Nations. We ended up releasing that in 2022. And, you know, then, yeah, 2022, we went out and, uh, and did, uh, the interviews that I'm working on now. So, right. uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know how many. I think I counted the other day. It's something like 30 interviews I've done yeah. <laughs> over the course of these three years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have been able to sit down with, with, I mean, with George Grant, with Gary North, and, Doug will all kinds of just amazing, very smart folks who right. love the Lord and are able to communicate these things very well. So it's just been an amazing, you know, privilege for me, especially someone who uh, doesn't even live in the United States to have the chance to to travel and to do all of this and and sit down with these folks.
1: So there's something similar to your path that has been true of my husband and myself, and that is when we. Back in, oh, I guess it was the mid eighties, um, ran into Dr. RJ Rush Juni. Um, we weren't even smart enough to know that that was a good thing at the time. Although we learned that over the 15 years that I was able to be, um, you know, mentored by him. And, and now I work with Calcedon is that it's not so much that we need more of him or more of a Gary North or more of a George Grant. What we need are people like you and people like us who are going to make sure other people know about what they had to say. And so to me, the field is wide open for anyone who understands the message, you know, have a a a group of people come to your house regularly. I don't know, build a pool and see if people will come and want to swim there. And then you can share the richness. And I think that's the calling. Maybe you wouldn't put it that way, but your calling wasn't, I'm going to be a filmmaker. My calling was, this means something to me. I know it means something for the kingdom of God, and I'm going to learn how to do it. Because most of the stuff I've ever done with Calcedon was never on my resume before. It was like, oh, typesetting? Well, you better learn how to do that. Uh, do a podcast? I don't know, what's the best software, stuff like that. Mm. And that's what I think um, stories like yours are encouraging to people. And what would you say to somebody who has an idea, but they're like, I don't, uh, somebody should do this.
0: Yeah, I I would say um, if you have an idea and you're thinking somebody should do this, you should start getting up. I don't know if you have to go to work at eight, you get up at six a.m. and, you know, take those two hours and and start working on that idea every day. Um, I, I mean, I I think it's, you know, these kinds of projects aren't something you just do overnight. There's something there. There are things that take time and, and dedication. And um and yeah, I would say go out there, start doing it, try it. I mean, it's it's amazing. We live in such amazing times where you know you could you could make a movie literally on your smartphone today right uh, and and you could just you could edit it on on a smartphone o- almost um so there it, there's so many opportunities today um to just go out and and make something just go out and communicate something but what a lot of times people want is they want guarantees they want to know that well if i invest this amount of money or this amount of time um it's going to you know these many people are going to see it or i'm going to get this much money from it or or whatever and um and and so if we're thinking about things like that and um and i i think maybe it's it's even just in general with conservatives there might be this kind of mentality in a lot of ways which is good in some ways but is also very harmful in the sense that we're not really willing to go and take risks a lot of the times and just go and, 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 you know, spend those extra two hours in the early morning working on that book or working on that podcast or that movie or that, uh, that song that, you know, those, those, those projects, because we're, we're not sure that we're going to get a return on our investment or where we think, Oh, well maybe it's just not going to work out. And so, um and and you know it is in the cultural arena where we really need to engage as Christians, and where uh we have been you know where 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 you know the other side has been kind of swimming laps around us in some ways and in terms of of just taking possession of of the cultural apparatus in the media and the arts in a lot of these fields, and so we're where're um you know, we we step into something like this, uh, you know, at a disadvantage in a way. But even even that, um, you know, means that we, uh, you know, we have a greater opportunity to have a long lasting impact if we are willing to put in the time, if we are willing to, uh, you know, work towards uh these things, and especially when they're um, topics and subjects that have, uh, you know, an impact in in eternity and an impact in terms of the kingdom of God.
1: Exactly. and And that's the viewpoint that will make you get up and say, it's worth doing. The return on investment, if it's just dollars and cents or pesos or whatever your currency is, if that's all you're looking at, you're forgetting the heavenly reward. And that what we're told to do is to put our hand to the plow. So... Nathan, I know that there are important documentary topics to reveal stuff that's going on that's bad. And there's plenty of that now. What I really liked about what you were doing is instead of just pulling weeds, pulling weeds, pulling weeds, you were planting something and you interviewed people who have planted something and are encouraging others to do so. So whether or not the subject matter is post-millennialism and victory What comes through is this idea of the effort behind it, what anybody who knows anything that says, it had to take a lot to put this together. And mostly, you paid the actor, you, you paid the sound engineer, you, (laughs) you paid the distributor, you. (laughs) So, um, and I think that's hopeful. I mean, we all like the underdog, and we're not really the underdogs, because with Christ, you're not an underdog. But culturally, right now, we're going up against a lot of that. And um so I encourage people to find your films and tell them how they might do that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, um so right now my films are available uh, my my first film um On Earth as it is in Heaven. Well, one easy way is just to go to onearth.net, which is my website and there's, you know, there you you know a link to the the YouTube uh, it's also available on, um, on, on Amazon if you want to rent it or purchase it, but it's also available for free on YouTube. So, um, it's also on the Canon Plus app, Canon Press. And now in terms of the Teach All Nations, that right now is, is only available on lure.tv. So you can watch that through, uh, lure.tv and, um, that's a new platform that's putting out some great content right now. Um and so that's where you can find both of my projects. But all the links to that will be at onearth of uh, um I think it's onearthfilm.net.
1: Yeah. I think that's so funny. We always have to go what is our website yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on? Yeah. onearthfilm.net. Well, thank you very much and appreciate that you took the time and certainly um I'll be praying for your projects and hopefully that we will hear more of them and hear announcements that they're now released.
0: Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Andrea. Thanks for the opportunity. I had a great time with our conversation.
1: Very good. Out of the question podcast at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us. And we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Out of the Question. For more information on this and other topics, please visit calcedon.edu.